A very chilly welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. It's chilly in the street, but it's warm and getting warmer here in the studio. No comment, Andy Mack. I'm Alan Moore, one of your co-hosts for this evening's extravaganza of news from the wild world of sports. There you go, I said all in one go. In a moment, we're going to get hold of Andrew Flint. He is here in Moscow with us, just down the road from us, actually. And, of course, Isil Cody. She is in Dublin, and we're going to be speaking about the Russian Premier League, the English Premier League... And the biggest sports stories of the week. And in part two, we're going to have a chat with Virgin Media Sports' Jonathan Higgins. He's just on the way back from Galway. Galway having lost today, or way back from Roscommon, excuse me. So they lost today against Roscommon, but they still play in the uh, league final next week in Ireland. We'll explain a bit that a little bit later in part two. We're speaking with him about the World Cup qualifiers and, of course, the lowdown on how we said Ciao Italia this week and who is in Qatar and who is soon to be on the way. And of course, then in part three, we have the big fat filthy quiz. Now, folks, there is, has been a lot going on in the last few days in sports, but uh, to sort of, to begin the discussion before we go to Andrew Flint on the, uh, on the newswire, uh, Andy Mack, how are you doing today? You've warmed my cockles already. <laughs> I'm glad you had an LES at the end of that for the second word. <laughs> All right. So, of course, we also have to say, because there's a lot of um, uh, people listening back home in uh, Ireland and the United Kingdom, a very happy Mother's Day. So uh, I know that um, certain people, certain gentlemen, um, forgot about Mother's Day, except I reminded them. So for once, I'm actually being a good son. <laughs> for once. This is, no, Andy, I actually forgot my own mother's birthday because of the World Cup. <laughs> well, that isn't really forgivable. It, at least I've got the excuse of the third Sunday after Lent being different in I, Russia and the UK. I, that's not what you told me earlier on, but I'm just like... <laughs> that's, no, my, no, no. that's my excuse. That is true, that is true. It. It's so messed up. Why did Every day should be Mother's Day. Oh, no, don't do that to us. No, but in a, in a, in a positive way. Why should be rewarding just one day of the year? Just be nicer to our moms. Well, we get it twice now, don't we, really? Mother's Day. We have no. one at home and one here. Well, yeah, exactly. It's like, the, Queen, right, it's like the Queen's birthday. We should be getting more. Yeah. At least at least once a month. Like a Father's <laughs> Day, just to go out and have a bit of crack and relax yourself. <laughs> okay. Right. We're going to go straight... Uh, I'm going to sit out to Siberia, but we're going to stay local <laughs> to Andrew Flint. Andrew, <laughs> how are you doing? Well, I'm just about hanging in there, but uh, my cockles are warmed as well, so I'm looking forward to the show. You should be good. All right, that is very good. Listen, um, straight away, uh, this weekend coming, of course, plus 7925-111053, text in hashtag LocoSpartak because you can win one or two tickets for that game. Um, LocoSpartak, um, how is it going to pan out? Because it's an interesting one. Both teams need a win. Uh, right now, Lokomotiv, they are in sixth place on 34 points. They're two points behind Krasnodar. Spartak languishing, uh, even in a win, will still lead them in the bottom half of the table. They're in ninth place on 27 points. Um, this is a huge showdown, and this is a turning point for both team seasons because they're, they're running out of games. They both have nine games left to play. Or, sorry, no, Spartak have eight, Loko have nine. Um, it's important that one of these teams wins. A draw is no good to either, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And I think actually one thing I've been surprised at is is Loco picking up a few wins. Three wins in the last four, I think it is now. Um, the new boys have settled in well and they're, they're playing much better than I thought they would do after their departures and Gisdol moving out. Um, Spartak, and you say it's a turning point. I'm not really sure it is a turning point for Spartak because I'm not sure they can turn anywhere. There's not really much they can achieve from from this point. I mean, getting into the top half isn't an achievement for Spartak. They should be way higher. Um, and I've said this before, I think their season is a write-off, but um, it will be very tricky already for Vanoli if 
he if he's beaten here, and I think they probably will be. Oh, that's interesting. Andy, I mean, I, I, any of the games I've seen usually there, it's like, you know, Sparta could beat them in the Super Cup game back in 2017. Um, or Yeah, 2017. And then it was a draw then and like different draws like between the teams. But it, it, it's a tough one for them, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think this one will be really close. As Andy Flint said, Spartak don't really have anything to play for anymore other than a bit of pride. Um, I don't understand why Spartak are favourites for the game. Um, but, I mean... Well, you know, the bookmakers have made them favourites. Yeah. They are favourites. Yeah. Baffling. You know? Absolutely yeah. baffling. Um, yeah. Going through the head-to-heads, yeah, they've normally been quite tight affairs. Um, I think home side looking in a bit of better form at the moment. Spartak have been at sixes and sevens for the games. If Loco can perform a little bit on the day, I think they'll just be a little bit too good, I think. Okay, Maybe 2-1. So Okay, you're both in agreement with that. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, of course, that is on Saturday at 7.30 in the evening, so hopefully it'll be a bit warmer than it was yesterday. Um, Krasnodar are hosting Dynamo on Sunday. That's at 2 o'clock down in the... Well, is it in Krasnodar or have they moved it up to Voronezh? Because it was talk today they were going to move it outside of the uh, Krasnodarsky Cry. Is that correct, Andrew? Uh, I've not heard it confirmed moved yet. Um, I would have been told to report on that by now, so I don't think it's been confirmed, but... Um, it's uh, it, well, it's, it's a huge game for both. I think Dinamo they keep missing the chance to close it, close the gap on Zanid. Um and uh, it, they should be winning because Krasnodar, of course, have got no foreign players left. They've all suspended their contracts, and but they are they are getting some results. So it's not going to be easy for them. Okay, no, that's fair enough because uh, Krasnodar are in fifth place as I mentioned earlier on. They uh, they are on thirty six points, uh, and then of course the final interesting one for us of the weekend. Of course, Rubin are playing Himki. That is on Friday out in uh, Rubin. Rubin should come back mm. with a win with that one. Um, no respect to Himki, but Rubin are going to have to bounce back after trashing last uh, two weeks ago. Uh, Siska and the Oralnitsi. That's on Sunday, 4.30, here in Moscow. That's going to be embarrassing. That's going to be just a nice full-on like, humiliation of the men from the Urals. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any point trying to pretend otherwise. Cisco are absolutely flying at the moment. Six wins in the last six. Uh, I think I'm right in saying it's the joint longest winning streak in about six years. Um, their new boys are all clicking. But I'll... Well, for about five, six years, haven't been able to score goals. Um, so I don't think Tesco are going to be too worried about this one. Okay, that is interesting. Okay, so uh, straight away we're going to go to Dublin. Um, Isla, just asking you a question. Did you wish your mom a happy Mother's Day today? I uh, spoke to her on Friday and told her it was Mother's Day today. And she offered to let me caddy for her because she had a golf tournament that mattered more than seeing her firstborn. I'm not bitter, though. <laughs> you don't sound it. You don't sound bitter. You no. sound upset. You sound betrayed. You sound humiliated, but not bitter. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this coming weekend, of course, the English Premier League is back. Liverpool against Watford on Saturday. That's a two thir- uh, 2.30 kickoff now because we're only two hours ahead of uh, Dublin and the UK. Um, <clears throat> Chelsea Brentford, that is at five o'clock. Uh, Man United and Leicester City. That should be a ritual humiliation for Brendan Rodgers. Andy Mack is smiling here. Uh, that is at 7.30 on Saturday. Uh, but the one we're focusing on, Okay, not West Ham and Everton, because I think West Ham are going to beat poor old Toffees. Uh, that's at 4 o'clock on Sunday. But the one at 6.30 on Sunday is Tottenham Hotspurs against the Saudi Arabia Sovereign Investment Fund, also known as Newcastle United. <laughs> it's a big one. It is a very big one, for particularly um, from 
a positional uh, setting. Obviously, Spurs are just behind Arsenal. Um, but obviously, Arsenal have a game in hand. But we're at this point, we're just outside the top four. From Newcastle's point of view, look, they're a good bit further down the table, but they're nowhere near being in danger of relegation. They're obviously, I think they're at 14th in the, in the table. It's a big game for both. Spurs are at home. And in addition to this, with all the kind of, I know we're a bit getting a bit of ahead of ourselves with transfer news. They do seem to have a number of players who both teams are in the hunt for similar players, which is, it's quite interesting. They, they seem to be competing off the field as well. Um, Rumours about Rudiger from Chelsea, that he's a big target for both. So look, it, it's a big game for Spurs. Um, from Newcastle's perspective, a win is great. From Spurs' perspective, a win is absolutely crucial. Okay, no, that is fair enough because again, as you mentioned, Spurs are three points behind Arsenal, but they have a game played, one game extra played, and then of course you've got Eddie Howe, obviously got manager of the month, and then traditionally you knew you just start losing away from home consistently. So that's it, that's it. It's a difficult. I mean, do you know one one thing? I just want to just before we we no I'm, no I'm not going to ask right now because looking at the table, of course, Man City. Andy Mack has said to me like that, you know that am I getting nervous because Liverpool are only one point behind Man City. Um, Liverpool were probably the worst 69 that you'll ever see on their points total um, Chelsea then in third uh, 10 points further back uh, Arsenal back on 54 and then of course Spurs and United and West Ham there's only 6 points uh, uh, covering 4th to 7th um, so I just want to ask you one on that with, with Man City we've, we've all said that we're, we're confident Man City are going to go through and win, and win the league uh, Andy, Andy Mack is saying no he's not confident but um, looking at it you still think that Man City have the legs just to sort of stride away? I do, yeah. I think the, the real competition we're looking at for the next few weeks is between three and four to who finishes in those positions. And that's the way I'm viewing it. I think Man City have the experience and the calm heads to get through and let's just all cheer intensely for them because no one wants Liverpool to do it again. Uh, Andrew Flint, you don't want it, Liverpool to win. Andrew Flint. He's, he's collapsed. Yeah, he, he's, he's just thought of a win and he's like... Yeah, I, I, I'm just... I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, I'm just trying to avoid having to answer questions like this. I, I thought it was quite quite uh, telling how we sort of said Spurs at one point um, are, are three points behind Arsenal. Didn't mention they're only one point ahead of Manchester United. It shows how little she's worried about us. Um, <laughs> yeah, I... I it, it's well a lose-lose situation <laughs> Liverpool winning, so... Yeah. Okay. Look, before we before we move on from this, uh, before because we're going to go on to to, to another topic in a moment that's uh, kind of linked up to Newcastle United. But before we do, uh, there's a number of players. Um, Isold, I want your comment on this as well. But first, I'll start with with Andrew Flint. Um, three players have hinted have hinted that they might not return to Russia uh, after these um, World Cup qualifiers. That's two from Siska. That's uh, Magnuson and Beal playing for Iceland and Slovenia, respectively, and from Arsene mm. Tula, Kostadinov, the Bulgarian. Uh, now, this could be a simply misinformation to sort of, because basically anything you say at the moment can be right, can be done, and if you want to break a contract and walk away from a Russian club, you can. It's been completely legalised. Um, mm. What are the chances of that happening? Because that would really seriously dent Siska. It would. Beal's been absolutely fantastic. Um, Magnussen's only just come back from a very, very long injury. But, um, and, you know, the, uh, with Bruno Fuchs also coming back from injury too, they are actually well stocked there. Um, I think it's a very realistic chance it, it could happen. We've seen how many foreigners have taken the opportunity 
to use this special fee for dispensation to suspend their contracts. And I strongly suspect we'll see very few of them actually return in the summer because of the uncertainty around it. Um, some will use that as an excuse just to get out anyway. But um, I, I don't think it will hurt Cisco too much. They are well covered in those positions, but it might lead to others thinking, hang on a minute, maybe this is my chance to get a, a, a bigger move. Um, so I, I wouldn't rule it out. But okay. I, I suspect it probably will happen. Would yeah. it even be the players? Surely the agents are looking at that well, as a, as a signing on bonus. Yeah, because well, that I, does I, could be good. Go on, go on, Isol. The, the only thing I would say is obviously it's temporary, and the the way it's been structured for now is that it will cease when we get to the transfer window. So I suppose the intention is for the hundred or so players this will affect that everything is wrapped up before we get to a transfer scenario. And I assume there will be from a club perspective they'll need to look at doing things carefully from a PR side, not to be seen to be taking advantage of the situation and for the players as well to be seen to be on the right side of why FIFA brought this in. Well, this is a good point because it is, it's one of those things where there's like when you get like virtual signaling and this will come on to this in a moment where they're saying that, you know, uh, we need to do things better, we need to improve things, but then all of a sudden when it comes out to money, it, it changes. Mm-hmm. And talking about that, I mean, I... I genuinely object when I see Eddie Howe, for example, being uh, hammered or when I see um, Gareth Southgate being questioned about should England go to the World Cup of Qatar? Should, you know, and then like uh, making a suggestion, well, Scotland and Wales should step aside the Ukraine through. That kind of virtual thing, it comes from the media. It's it's not from anybody else. It's PR companies and media whipping this up. These guys are not politicians. That's not their role. They can have an opinion, but let's remember, these are guys who are... It's not their area of expertise, and I think it's a very... I, there are some managers who are better at handling difficult questions. I would say, if you look at the likes of Klopp, he's brilliant on things like COVID. Very, he yes. was so good at speaking out. But that's because he's able to do it. And I think there is a level of very, very uncomfortable viewing with someone like Eddie Howe being grilled, and you feel that it's, it's not his wheelhouse. No. And no. that's not his role. Yeah, and and you can't blame him for not being an expert in how to discuss these things because yeah. no matter how many media experts you have in front of you, a clever journalist will be hard. And, and look, these the, the, the folks who are listening, I'll explain it very, very simply. When journalists go into this, the hack pack gather together, these guys know each other, they message each other and they set up the questions. They are lying in wait for a manager. Do not think that this is just like kind of for the public good or it's like an interesting question. They set it up and they wait for the reaction and it's a really, really nasty thing that I've seen done. Um, because realistically, if they're asking questions, why is Gar- like, you know, Gareth Gar- Gar- oh, you should like, would it be better if England just give their place over to Ukraine. When Gareth Southgate was asked about should England be playing in, in, in Russia in 2018, he said, look, we're here to play football. And then when he was asked about different issues here, he said, I'm, you know, I'm concentrating on football. The English hack pack let him away with that. But, you know, then the questions were asked, well, why are you then buying Qatari gas? If it's not good to go to Qatar, then why bring gas? To-? It just doesn't make sense. And speaking about that, on the, 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 the um, Saudi Arabia theme, just very, very quickly, so just stay with you on this. Of course, the mm-hmm. Formula One has just finished up. Max Verstappen has won in an absolutely thrilling race. A great race down in Jeddah, my old stomping ground. Um, I mean, a couple of days ago, there were rockets being fired in from Houthi rebels from Yemen into Jeddah, blowing up oil terminals. And the race goes ahead. People were leaving, like, say, the German TV crews were leaving, but the drivers were told, no, you have to drive. Shut up and drive. And I think there's a number of issues where drivers were obviously in the last few weeks uncomfortable for other reasons going to Saudi Arabia. Um, I think it's a very difficult position, but I think 
we're going to get to a stage where if we're looking closely at every country that we feel may have reasons to pull out, um, there's going to be a lot of countries in the Middle East where we may not feel comfortable seeing Grand Prix happen. The difficulty here is these were attacks that were very close to where they are in fact racing. And there, I think yes. there has to be a level of drivers should be able to say to their team, look, I understand this is a money-making business, but I'm not going to go somewhere I feel unsafe. And I think we've seen that previously with things like when the Rio games were going on, golfers in particular, one an Irish one in particular, Rory McIlroy, came out and said, I'm not going because I have a fear of the Zika. Zika virus, which yeah, was a real right. thing. So I'm, I'm sorry, but if bombs are coming from terrorists who aren't going to tell you where they're aiming them, you certainly would be within your rights to say to your team, maybe this had be even rescheduled. But the fact that it wasn't even considers shows that the Saudi money machine matters a lot more. Well, look, the main sponsor you see, Aramco, the Arabian mm. uh, petrol company. It used to be called Saudi Aramco, then it became Aramco. Um, you know, they, 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 they rule the roost and they're paying big money yeah. into Saudi Arabia and that's it. And uh, again, you know, I, I lived in Jeddah, I know where that is. So from where that racetrack is down to, uh, it's like quite, it's on the, the Corniche, the, the waterfront, down to where those oil terminals are. It's down where they, they used to have like the, the markets. Um, and it's not far away. It really is not far away. I mean, it's about, you know, 30 seconds in the Formula One car. That's, that's what I'm saying. So, okay. Uh, Eastolt, uh, Andrew, I know you're going to be back with us, of course, for the Big Fat Filthy Quiz. Thank you so much for the brilliant discussion. Massively appreciate it. Um, okay. Uh, we're going to go out right now because to, to p- keep us pumping up, okay? So we're in the stadium right now. We're getting excited. We're getting really, really pumped because we will have surprise, uh, surprise guests later on in the Big Fat Filthy Quiz. Uh, we're going to go out with Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars and Upton Funk. Back after this with Jonathan Higgins. Sports with Alan Moore. This is that ice cold Michelle fight for that white gold. This one for them hood girls, them good girls, straight masterpieces. Styling, violent, living it up in the city. Got chucks on with Saint Laurent. Gotta kiss myself, I'm so pretty. I'm too hot. Got a police and a fireman. I'm too hot. Make a dragon wanna retire, man. I'm too hot.
лучшее завершение уикенда на Capital. Join us on a journey from the beach to the dance floor. Chicane presents Sunsets. Каждое воскресенье в 11 вечера провожаем отличный уикенд. Встречаем новую неделю. Okay, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed that nice little uh, interview. I know we're going to try and get Jonathan Higgins on the line right now. As I said, he is on the the uh, road back from the west of Ireland to the east of Ireland. Okay, folks. Um, of course, the World Cup qualifiers are going on. The most, uh, the recent, the latest qualifiers, because to be more known on Tuesday. But the latest qualifiers, of course, have been Japan, Saudi Arabia, Ecuador, and Uruguay. They are joining Qatar, of course, as hosts. Germany. Uh, was uh, Denmark, Brazil, France, Belgium, Croatia, Spain, Serbia, England, Switzerland, Netherlands, Argentina, Iran, and South Korea. Now, there's a lot of action on um, this weekend. Okay, uh, a lot of action on this weekend, of course, in the um, in 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 the qualifiers. Andy, uh, in it in in Africa right now, there is a lot going on, isn't there? Yeah, we're down now to the um, the third uh, qualifier as such. So we've got. Some pretty important games coming up this week. See if I can pull them up. We've got Nigeria Ghana, uh, close, uh, very closely matched first game, still nil nil. Senegal Egypt, Egypt one up from the first game. Algeria one up against Cameroon. Uh, Morocco against uh, Congo were one each, and Tunisia were in front against Mali. So those all go down now into a final game. Uh, all on Tuesday from about 8 p.m. Moscow time. Okay. Now, no, in North America, Canada, they're at least in the inter-confederation inter playoffs. Uh, they topped their table. Right now, on 25 points, there's two games to go in that they're ahead of the United States, Mexico, Costa Rica. Panama are still fighting in there. Of course, El Salvador, Jamaica and Honduras, they are out. So there is still uh, at least, well, for automatic qualifications, there'll be three coming out of that. Uh, Canada, as I said, they have automatically qualified. Uh, it doesn't look like they're going to lose out on that. Um, in South America, the fight for the final uh, playoff place is between Peru, Colombia and Chile. So it'll be interesting if Colombia don't qualify. Now, of course, this week, I will mention, of course, uh, the Europeans uh, a little bit in a moment. But first, I'm going to welcome on from Virgin Media Sports and on the way back from Roscommon, Jonathan Higgins. Jonathan, very welcome back on to Capital FM. How are you doing? Good evening, guys. All good. Um, a bit of a strange game today. Um a team watching a team that was already qualified pretty much uh, I think you called a throw game I, maybe, I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> maybe re re other focuses might be more accurate <laughs> yeah they were resting they weren't it wasn't a full lineup for Galway and I mean no it was seven changes yeah so I mean in all fairness they're going to be playing next next weekend of course in the uh, National League finals uh, against Roscommon so it's, it's great but listen just on that alone before we go on to, to the World Cup qualifiers um, in Gaelic football uh, in Ireland today Dublin who were of course like unbeatable for a few years quite a few years they were relegated from the top flight um, it looks like the league system is actually brilliant this year because normally the league is kind of a, a, an afterthought nobody really cares about it they just you know throw young players in but the main thing is the championship or well I, I suppose the cup um, how, how is it Lo Dublin have gone from you know bad to worse in, in less than a year 
God, it's it's quite a it's quite a remarkable sentence, even to be you know even thinking about uttering those words. Uh, Dublin in Division Two, you go back maybe even not even more than two years ago, where people were genuinely having serious conversations about how the Dublin machine was so strong in terms of not just their playing team, but the uh, the juggernaut of the resources off the pitch, their funding, the population being dispersed pretty much uh, predominantly in the in the capital city. And now, um, you know, splitting the team in two and uh, to give everyone else a chance. And now look at them down. The, the joys of sports come back and circle punch them. And they uh, they didn't survive on the final day. I was sure I was sure they would. But a, a fantastic result for Monon. But it, it's just fantastic. You touched on it there, though. I think that's the key point, really. And uh, uh, I better use my terminology right. The older mindsets in the association that are so rigid in terms of the provisional championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, need to open their eyes up because the league system uh, is by far and away the best competition as you saw with the drama on the final eight today and should be the main competition going forward this proposal we got rejected uh, last year at Congress um, that is the uh, that is the best way forward if they want to promote the game even further have the league championship uh, system but that's a conversation for I a different day perhaps <laughs> it's, it's so, no, John, I mean I, I think we need to be open to this of course I was part of the discussions within Europe, for example, of how could it work. And and the weird thing was in and we had very kind of progressive views because like we're all living in Europe and seeing how the like different professional leagues run here and even amateur top level leagues here. And in North America where they have the college system and then the well, the NFL, major league teams. Um but looking at the you know the the, the reaction, um will change be good for Irish sports? Oh hugely, hugely. Look I think you just have to look at the uh, the drama of today across up and down the country. Every game had a every game in Division One had something happening. There was no dead rubbers. Um, it is the way forward. Uh, the, the the issue is, and it was one of the reasons why Proposal B, I think, got uh, shot down at Special Congress last year. Last year is the uh, the power of the provisional uh, and the the importance of the provisional competition. So you're um, Every every regional setup, um, they want to hold on to what they, what they have, and you know you had you just had to hear some of the debates that came out, particularly from from Ulster were quite vocal uh, on on the whole setup on how they didn't agree, and pretty much they wanted to hold on to their provisional championship and have that as the is the main tournament, and uh, just will not allow any sort of scope. So you see the, yeah. the proposal going through uh, the new system that's going to be set up is uh, is. Has been doctored really to ad- to adapt that. So yeah, but look, to answer your question without rambling too much, the league is the best competition, and it should be the focus, should be the main the main competition, and, and look at the drama it's caused. Bang on, because it's something that I heard from from German dailies, like well Irish and well, German nationals who were uh, representing Gaelic games in Europe, and they said that the way the old Bundesliga or the German football used to be set up, like each region had their own little division, and then they qualified up. But they said when they did a, a federal one, when the league became the focus. You know, before the cup was a focus, and then all of a sudden things took off. Um, now, Jonathan, on that, on things moving on, last week we had uh, Niva Ruzzari on, uh, an Italian football expert, and Andy Mack was going to try and trip him up and say about Italy. But in terms of development, we, caught, we always were speaking here about the European Nations League, and it really has paid off because North Macedonia beating Italy, so Italy not qualifying again for a World Cup, was that the biggest result so far in these qualifiers? Oh, I believe so. I think that's the result that everyone looked at. It and went, wow, 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 you know, almost refreshing your phone or, or whatnot. I think you just had to quick 
that'll dabble in social media as well, just to notice the uh, the. Uh, I know they've had some good results recently, but not just the result in terms of you know the dramatic late winner and the absolute scenes uh, as a result of that euphoria of winning the game. The fact that it's knocked Italy out as well. Um, Penny for Mancini's uh, thoughts and. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. Just uh, spoke about with the dubs and stuff. Like the uh, the unexpected, the joys of sport, and the development um, that has given. And you know, I probably have to hold my hands up a little. But I wasn't uh, the whole nations in the league. I thought it was just another competition developed and uh, with a focus of uh, f- financial gain, of uh, pretty much adding uh, a bit of structure and a bit of weight to the uh, the dead rubbers of uh, of international friendlies. But it has. It has shown that uh, the, 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 the there can be improvement, and uh, let's hope uh, with our Patriot Artery guys that uh, Stephen Kenny can can do something similar. Well, after uh, yesterday's, with, yeah, yeah, with his revolution, exactly. Um, Andy Mack, uh, the final qualifiers will be announced or will be known from Europe. Well, pretty much, pretty much uh-huh. all the final qualifiers, uh, with one exception, uh, on Tuesday. Not if Boris Johnson has his way. Well, there you go. Uh, who who's uh, who's played on Tuesday? There's only two two decisions down on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, so two two more um, to be confirmed. At nine forty-five Moscow time. We've got Poland against Sweden. And then Portugal against the uh, the mighty North Macedonia. Okay, Jonathan, um, who would you pick? Who would you fancy to go through? Of course, Poland get a walkover um, because they you know they, they they refused to play Russia and FIFA ruled Russia out. In in light of cir- circumstances right now, the right thing to do because you know it has to they have to do what they see as being the right thing because of course Ukraine can't play. Um, Poland, Sweden. Who do you reckon is going to come through that one? That's like a historical battleground between two you know empires. Yeah, no, it it sure is, and it's. Um, I'm sure Ibrahimovic will will find a way to get the cameras um, still on him as well. It seems <laughs> to be quite erratic at the moment. Then as well, um, I, I you probably have to look towards Poland, really, don't you? you know, a striker in such good form, Lewandowski um, is. Look at the difference you spoke about the Bundesliga. Just look at the uh, the difference he's he's made, and he's in. You know, everyone's talking about the Mbappes or the Salas of the world. Lewandowski is pretty much, uh, for me, probably there or not, slightly higher as well. So I think I'd probably just edge towards Poland just on the basis of that. Are you, you were without well, Poland? Um, Poland haven't beaten Sweden since 1974. Whoa. Um, I wasn't... Uh, Scotland aren't exactly any great shakes, and I wasn't particularly impressed with Poland. Um, obviously, they they rotated and rested a few. Um uh, I'm going to say a draw, and then I think Sweden, extra time. Okay, interesting. The other game, of course, is po- Portugal against North Macedonia. John, I mean, North Macedonia, they're, they're making their debut at this level in terms of, like, you know, so close to the World Cup. They've got some terrific young players. I mean, they're, they're playing all over the place, from Spain to Cyprus uh, to Saudi Arabia, even. Uh, Germany, Croatia, basically everywhere. But it's a very, very good side, isn't it? Jonathan? We, we oh, said, sorry. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Jonathan. So I was just saying, it's a very, very good side um, playing, uh, for, for, or sorry, representing uh, North Macedonia. I mean, uh, Tchaikovsky, he's only 29, but he's, he's playing in, in Saudi Arabia, but he's a really great leader of the line, isn't he? Absolutely, yeah. No, and um, you, you have a team so, so full of momentum as well. I think that's the key, really. I know, you know, you have a quick little dabble at the stats against Italy and it looks like a very one-sided affair, but the euphoria of, of a late winner and that whole team focus and everything that comes to it, 
And, you know, without always bringing the conversation back to Ireland, you look at the performance Ireland had quite recently against Portugal as well, where they asked a lot of questions. And it took, you know, a couple of moments of magic from Ronaldo at the end to uh, to swing the game in Portugal's favour. So I, I think, I'm not sure, you know, the old cliches, do they say Lightman doesn't strike twice? But I just have a, you know, every logical part of my head goes Portugal. But there's just a tiny little bit. Maybe it's just the boyhood fancy inside me that uh, wants to see it happen. And, uh, you know, it would, be, it would appear absolutely unthinkable. But I just would not rule it, rule it out, I have to say. No, I, I as think crazy as that sounds. No, I, th- I think I'm, I'm with you on that. I think the two Rostovsky bro- brothers. Um, I mean, like, uh, well, I've, I sp- I've spoken with people in Croatia and asked about like what are their views on these Masonian players. Quite a few playing in, had been either played in Croatia or currently playing in Croatia, like Ademi, for example, and Rostovsky as well. They're terrific. They're terrific players. Um, Andy, is is it great to see? Is it a, is this? A, we said it's a great result. Is this a good news story for football? It is, uh, but I think it's going to end very abruptly. Um, I mean, if anyone actually watched that game, Italy, uh, I mean, it was a 91 minutes pummeling, um, bar a, a slip at the back where Macedonia almost got through and then they got back and got tackled. Um, it's a great story, um, but I, I just can't see it happening again. Okay. No, I, well, then, good chances. Jonathan, just a couple more things I just want to ask you about um, before we speak about Liverpool. I just want to ask you about the questions being asked of Gareth Southgate and, of course, of uh, Wales and Scotland that they should like give walkovers and you know not go to. First, they're saying that you know uh, England shouldn't go to Ukraine, and the second that Wales and Scotland should give their place to Ukraine. Um, where is this all coming from, and does it make sense? Oh, I don't know, guys. I don't know where do you draw the line, like. Uh... <sighs> We seem to be in a, a society at the moment that wants to make um, make gestures, make token gestures, and uh, I don't know where you draw the line. It seems to be one, seems to be, I'll do this, and then I'll do this even better, and, and so on and so forth. It, it's hard to see how, from a sporting concept, that you can have those conversations at the moment, but I suppose here we are. At the moment, you guys are probably you know even even more so uh, than than an uneducated fool like me coming in. But it just feels like at times, where do we draw the line? Is probably where I would come at from from a sporting from a sporting angle. No, I mean again, like with with England, you know, I mean it's you know looking at it, and I think it's unfair to be asking players and managers because I mean again, it's like kind of now we say this about like you know Russian athletes and they were banned from the the Olympics and so on. Okay, fine. If you do with doping, okay, there's a huge, huge issue there. There's, it's, I mean, there has to be punishment like ladled out. That is for, for sure. You're punishing athletes. Okay, grand. It's punishment for, for deeds that, like mind them, for example, were complicit in, that they knew about but they never spoke out about it because they didn't want to lose their place, they didn't want to lose a chance to go play in the, or uh, compete in the Olympics, for example. But it, it's strange in a team sport, isn't it, Jonathan? I mean, like when you were mentioning Dublin being split in two, nobody ever asked a Dublin team. You know, and I remember when I, I interviewed John Horan, who's from Dublin, who was the former president of the, of the Gaelic Games Association, and I asked him, and he said, look, uh, like, should they split Dublin too? Are Dublin too strong? And he said, he said for how many times have Dublin been the top dogs in the last 30 years? You know? And for yeah. a team sport, like, would, like can, can a team of players say, no, we're not going to go? Would that work? I guess, I suppose, ultimately... <laughs> There'll be no player. There'll be no game if the if the all kind of came up. But uh, is that type of a situation actually going to happen, or is it just going to be more kind of threats and uh, 
you know, um, PR spin, if you, if you want to call it that or, or whatever. Um, I go back to it. I just don't know where you where you can draw the line and how you can keep 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 this these uh, this situation going from a sporting aspect. It just seems uh, I just struggle to see what a what will achieve and and b how you can keep any sport sporting integrity come uh, continue it on as a result of it. It's just uh, appreciate we are in the old cliche of in times, etc. But from the sporting aspect, I, I don't know how you can. Uh, how you can uh, how you could continue with a tournament if you if like as a repeat for the opening time uh, um, at risk of <laughs> sound like a broken record. Where no, do you draw the line? Exactly. Listen, um, before we I ask you at Liverpool, um, who do you think or what movie should win the uh, Oscar for best movie tonight? Oh Jesus! <laughs> That's <laughs> even tougher. <laughs> That's it. Let's let's go back to the first day of the conversation. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's lots of them there. I mean, just like the, well, Dune. I've seen Dune. I haven't seen Belfast. I haven't seen The Power of the Dog. I haven't seen King Richard. I don't know what I, Dune. I, Dune. Dune made me fall asleep. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I can't. Rem- uh, without uh, sounding like a complete sports buff, I can't remember the last thing I watched on TV that wasn't sports. So maybe <laughs> maybe some <laughs> something like. Quickly, a quick word. Uh, Liverpool, they're one point behind Man City. Do they have it in them to win the league back again after a one-year hiatus or a short little break? Uh, I think I think it's going to be you know an absolute mammoth task. I think a lot of people are speaking about momentum and and Liverpool have on that at the moment. And, and fair enough, they are. And you know, so many people reference then how, despite the uh, the hugely uh, Expensive squad assembled by Guardiola. That, um, for many people's judgment, Liverpool have more of the attacking goal-scoring options up front at the moment. The Luis Diaz signing has kick-started, sparked a lot of those conversations. It will be a mammoth task, I think. And uh, and people are, you know, having you know, sport fills you with hope, fills you with optimism, and and you know, that little kid inside you wants to reach out and dream at the start of the season. It feels like Liverpool's fans' dreams have been kick-started even more so the last while. And, the talk of the quadruple and uh, um, everyone's having is it the as we say back here Alan everyone's having notions at the moment but it's a colo- <laughs> you know you look you look at that Liverpool fixture uh, for for the month ahead of April and it, it is just beyond crazy and um, if they can come through that if they can come through April who, who knows yes it is possible the Man City game uh, at the Etihad is is going to be so so important but can Liverpool keep that going they've been actually I think. Personally, from from watching them, I think they've been a little bit off par since they won the League Cup. They've been just about stumbling over the line, and that can't continue. Um, you would need just the perfect hand. You would need every, everything to go your way. And you know, I think I think they, there's one game that I think is crucial in the whole Pandora's box that is that fixture schedule over April, in particular for Liverpool, and that's the first leg of the Champions League against Ooh, Benfica. If yeah. Liverpool were to get everything. Not quite wrapped up, but get get a get a good uh, you know away, get a couple yeah. of goals over there, get a good result over there, and that I think is the key really because you know you're looking at you're looking at the the, the fixtures there, and I get tired even thinking about them. You've, <laughs> you've a week you've a week there where it's it could potentially be Liverpool, Everton, Bayern, Munich. So like uh, and the city two city games as well, they're drawing each other in the FA Cup. So yeah, look, Fingers it's crossed. made as interesting. It's made us interested. I have to. I have to confess, um, without rambling too much, a couple of months ago in early January, it was actually after the two-two at Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. I thought that was a done. I didn't think there was any way Man City would be caught. They've had a little bit of wobble, but I think ultimately it's still in, it's still in their hands. And yes, it's possible, but okay. it'll be a mammoth task. 
Jonathan Higgins of Virgin Media Sport, thank you very, very much. And uh, best of luck next weekend against Roscommon. Get one back over them. We'll try. My pleasure, okay. guys. <laughs> thank you, Jonathan. Okay, uh, folks, we're to the break right now. Come back with Big Five Filthy Quiz. Uh, we're going out as if we're in Nevada. This is Steve Aoki and Delirious. Back after this with the Big Five Filthy Quiz. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Kidding. Oh, uh, you got me woke up. The way you roll that, sticky like ochre. Just let me coach ya. Show you about my culture. It's a late night show like Kona. Bitch, the party ain't over. Go ham in here. And grab your friend by the hand. Let me know if you down. Body like playmate of the year. I might make that play of the year. I already know that we don't play fair. But I think that you and your girl, give me some of that. We stand out to the
завершение уикенда на Capital. Join us on a journey. From the beach to the dance floor. Chicane presents Sunsets. Каждое воскресенье в 11 вечера провожаем отличный уикенд. Встречаем новую неделю. Welcome back, folks. And, of course, we are going to be nice, short, sweet and very, very fun, of course, in our Big Fat Filthy Quiz tonight. Um, again, uh, those playoff games during the week, just remember that there are the uh, final European qualifiers are going on on Tuesday. Uh, they, that is, at, uh, as Andy Max said, at 9.45, Poland, Sweden. At the same time, Portugal are playing against North Macedonia. OK, um, Andy Mac, you all ready? Always. Lovely. OK, now we're delighted Delight. to welcome... <laughs> behave uh, okay we're delighted to welcome on to the show Peter P you're there with us Peter P yeah I, I am, I am. Good, okay, I can hear you. It was my fault. I had the uh, sound turned down. Uh, best way to listen to you with the sound turned down, but anyway. Um, uh, Andrew Flynn, you're there with us? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't go anywhere. Okay. Uh, Isolt Cody, you're back with us. I'm sure. Lovely. Andy Mack is here, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you're looking uh, at me. I, I, <laughs> I thought I was losing my mind. Not like that, obviously. That was like when I was watching. I was watching rugby on Welsh TV, and I thought I'd had a stroke or something. I was thinking, why? Why can't I understand what they're saying on TV? And they're like, <laughs> and I go, Jesus Christ! It felt That's like not what Welsh sounds like. It sounds like they're going to. It sounds like they're clearing their throat and trying to spit or something. Like it's like, and the wee like that. I mean, I'm not being racist around, but like, that's what the Peter P. But anyway. <laughs> and of course, we're delighted to have on and wishing a very happy Mother's Day, Fiona Flint. Welcome back onto the show. Hello. <laughs> very forceful. Okay. I'm excited. We've, we've clearly impressed her with your gags already. Yeah, yeah she's like going to hang up on me in a moment. All right, they're disgusted with me. Uh, Alina Miyakova, I don't think she's on the line. Alina, are you there? Alina? No, we can't get her. She is actually travelling at the moment. Uh, of course, uh, her team, Hellas Verona, they won for the first time in quite some time. They won yesterday, so congratulations. Celebrating. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think she hasn't stopped celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, Peter P., this one is now for you. you. Ready? So, this, of course, these are WWF wrestling themes, okay? <laughs> I'll make it easy for you. You ready? <laughs> you ready, Peter P.? Sure. All right, here Let's we go. This. Here we go. This is, you'll know this one. I promise you will. Okay, Peter P., who is that? What wrestler was that? Famous wrestler. Well, you promised that I would know this, but I have absolutely no clue. You know what? I'll just go with... Um, Most famous wrestler uh, of all the, time. Most the, famous wrestler of all time. The, the, the Donald Trump theme. No. Actually, that actually makes sense who it was. No, it's actually Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Oh, wow. You know who that is. <laughs> well, that's, that's embarrassing. too <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here we go. All right, uh, here we go. So this one now is for you, uh, Andrew Flint. Here we go. Right. Okay. I'll play a little bit further onto it. Right, here we go. Just a little bit more. Okay, go on. 
He's retired. <laughs> I think he's, he's dead. He's dead. This guy is dead. Uh, Giants Haystacks. Don't know if he's alive or not. No, no. Is it the ultimate warrior? It's the ultimate warrior. Ultimate warrior. Well done. Andy back. I'll give you, I will give you one for that, okay? Thank you. Ultimate warrior. Okay, uh, who is next? Isol Cody! Right, here we go. Nice easy one for you. Love this topic. This is an easy one for you. I promise you it's an easy one for you, all right? Here we go. <laughs> Okay, come on. It's an easy one for you. I'm telling you. All I got from that was, whoa, 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 whoa. That's all you need. So, um, the only other wrestler I can think of is Kane, and I know that's not his music. So I'm just going to go with uh, Bret Hart. But he probably Mm. comes out to something a bit more hitman-y, doesn't he? No, and you've left down the side yet again. It's Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. Oh. Ah, look, if I want to watch some Limerick woman fight, I'm not going to pay to do it on the <laughs> subscription channel. I, I live near enough. Oh, shit. <laughs> You're going to kill us all done. <laughs> right. Andy Mack, this is for you. Are you ready? It's not another subscription channel, is it? No, no, it's not. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, who is it? Uh, the Honky Tonk Man. Well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> who is that? He's so He's so like, oh, God. All right. Uh, Fiona, I apologise for this in advance, all right? So <laughs> here we go. Oh, God. <laughs> no, this is, a, this is an easy one, okay? Andrew, you can help your mom if you want. Don't worry. It's Mother's Day. I'm not so sure it will be, but <laughs> This would be a gift for your mom for Mother's Day. Here we go. Oh, not that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say an advert. What did I just do? Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. This again, this is a... Retar- I don't know if he's dead or not. I think he is actually dead. This next wrestler. I think he is dead. I think he, I think he died from, from in a car that. crash. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Why do I know all this stuff? Why is this nonsense in my head? I swear to God, people, this is wrong. Okay, here we go. Okay, it's not. It is land of hope and glory. Land of hope and glory. Yeah, but who was the wrestler who walked out to that? Andrew Flint. Come on, Ganny. You know you wrestlers. You know you wrestlers. Andrew Ganny. Flint, help your mother. Come on. George Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you five points for that. I'm going. That's fair enough, right? No, it's Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, of course. Ma- <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, me. it was. It was. Right, very quickly, missing word round. Here we go. All right, here we go. All right. Peter P, this is for you. This is Lewis Hampton. Hamilton tend, tells fans what? Hamilton Hamilton, blah, blah, blah. Hamilton tells fans what? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to take a second on this one because my, he- my, my, my hearing is impaired now. Because I'm, I'm in my headphones, and the whole last round was just drums and, and uh, <laughs> guitar solos. <laughs> All right, can, can, you, can you hit me with it again, please? I can hit you one more time, baby. Uh, Hamilton tells fans what? Uh, screw off, you dirty bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Vince Mutter's on the phone. Yes, yes, I am. Uh, actually, I'm sorry about my potty mouth in advance. <laughs> Jesus Christ. My uh, mother's listening at home. In the corner. <laughs> I'm, I'm truly sorry for that. She's sitting in the naughty stool now. Oh, we go. Right, no, it actually tells fans not to worry about his safety. Okay, uh, Andrew Flint, okay? No, uh, yeah, here mm. we go. Um, Russian play 
most what match ever? Russia play most what match ever? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not going to say watch match. It won't be that. Uh, Russia play most hated match ever. Well, I'll give you two points for it. It's anonymous. Anonymous. They play, of course, they won one nil against the youth selection there uh, yesterday. Or day before yesterday, excuse me. Okay, uh, Isil Cody. Blackmore's what? Blackmore's what? You have to remember, uh, wish you were here. All right, anyway. Meteoric rise to the top. No. Blackmore's... Sponsorship deal? No. Blackmore's day. Blackmore's Every day is Blackmore's day. If she gets on the board, she's winning. But it's a pun she's on... She's tip. She's good people. All right. I, will, will, we, okay. I get a point for it. I think that was a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Honest, I think if we ran this, Fiona, it would be a lot better. Can, right. you, oh, can you hear this? Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can, stuff, hear, we can hear it. We can hear Okay, Blackmore. I'll give you three points. Three points, Cecil. There we go. Andy Mack, this one's for you. Uh, Locomotive Moscow are what? <laughs> Taking driving <laughs> lessons from Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> They're up for sale because they have to sell. I give you two points. They have to sell their shares, of course. That was announced the day before yesterday because the locomotive are banned or Airjet Air are banned. Okay, uh, very quickly. Um, Fiona, this one is for you. Um, <laughs> sorry. All right. Barty retires amidst, amidst what? This Ashley Barty. Barty retires amidst. Ashley Barty. Yeah, yeah, Ashley Barty, yeah. Retires amidst what? Go on. No, yeah, she's a bit, yes, Borden, probably. And Miss Borden? I'm going to give you two points. Right? It's, actually, it's a, about questions over future. Yeah, questions over future. Because they say she might go to back to play golf because she's quite a good golfer and her uh, fiancé is a golfer as well. Yeah, same thing, isn't okay. it? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of I, I, I just have lost control of this, so yeah, why not? Okay, odd one out. This is about the World Cup in Qatar in 2022. So, Peter P., this one is for you. Al-Bait, Al-Jahoub or Al-Akhli? Al-Bait, Al-Jahoub or Al-Akhli? Uh, second Al Jahoub no it's not it's actually Al because you two are World Cup stadiums there you go uh, Al-Akhli, oh well how could I get this wrong <laughs> <laughs> alright Andrew Flint 32 <clears throat> 40 or 48 32 oh no 48 damn it ah. ok you're actually correct on that yeah you got you got that right so you get 15 points right uh, that is the average work week for a Qatari worker there you go 48 hours <laughs> 99, so Isolde, 99, 97, 95. 99, 97, 95. 99, the actual real working average. (laughs) (laughs) Very close, I'm getting 15 points. It's actually, that is 99 pence, that's in two, three years ago, that was the average hourly salary, 99 pence. There you go. So, so, all right. Uh, Andy Mack, uh, 130, 132, 134. Is that the height? of the average person after they've built one of the stadiums. <laughs> no, go on, quick. Uh, 132. Well done, that's that. Whoa, Jesus, Andy, Mike, you're on Fortnite. Uh, that is, um, did you have an Indian curry last time? No, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> that is the current average salary per hour for a worker. Okay, uh, Fiona, this one is for you. Um, Education City, Lucille, or Khalifa International Stadium? Education City, Lucille, or Khalifa International? The middle one. You're dead right, actually. You're dead right. The Lucille is where the World Cup final will be held. Uh, listen, because of what Andy Mack is way out in front, he finished on 13, he finished on 28, finished. Uh, <laughs> still on 18, Andrew Flint on 15, Peter P is on 3, and well, happy Mother's Day on 22 points to Fiona Flint. Congratulations and thank you all, and once again, a happy Mother's Day.
<laughs> okay, thank you all. <laughs> all right. So thank you all. And of course, to everyone at home, uh, have a good time. Andy Mack, thank you very much as well. Always. Thank you. Okay. Folks, uh, listen, just before we go out, uh, I know it's a bit of a tough time for us all right now. So I'm asking just on behalf of our little ones, the little ears who are listening, because uh, no, Tim has just come back from Kaluga after playing a rugby tournament and he's listening to the show right now. So look, just going to say, just to be a little bit more careful about when we're discussing our news around the little ones, because I remember, I remember, and I speak to my mum about this, from 1980s that we're terrified of the ozone layer, the hole in the ozone layer, that was after being terrified of nuclear holocaust. And, you know, now our kids, they've after coming through, we said this like two years ago, they've just come through the whole climate change catastrophe and then they came through COVID and now again we're back onto nuclear holocaust and all these stresses. So just to be a little bit more careful, a bit more positive as well when we're discussing things. It's a hard thing to ask sitting here in Moscow to be more positive, but let's just try, okay? So um, we're going to go out with a song from an Irish singer, Dermot Kennedy. Uh, this is called Power Over Me. So until next Sunday, I'll ask you all to take care of yourselves and each other. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. I want to be king in your story. I want to know who you are. I want your heart to be for me. Oh, I want you to sing to me softly Cause then I'm out running the dark That's all that love ever taught me Oh, I call and I'll rush